M A I N M U M U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for November 28, 2009. I'm Jimmy Pauls. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you in the United States. This week, David Tanner gives us a demonstration of the new Intel Reader from Humanware, and Stephen Guerra from Independent Living Aids talks to us about the Moshi Talking Alarm Clock. That's all coming up on this edition of Main Menu. Home Menu Library Hello, I'm David Tanner, and welcoming you to an introduction and demonstration of the features of the new Intel Reader. The Intel Reader was introduced to the public by Intel and Humanware in the blindness low vision field on November 10th of this year, and we are going to take a look at some of the major features this is not a tutorial and shouldn't be taken as that. It's simply a introduction, an overview, and an opportunity for you to get some to see some of the major features of the reader and uh, give you an idea of what the reader looks like and whether the reader might have features that you might be interested in looking at. We're going to start with a physical description of the reader. When I put, pick up the reader, the reader is approximately six inches wide by seven inches from top to bottom. It's about an inch thick and has on the front of it, starting at the top left, a grill with speakers that runs approximately five inches from the left to the right uh, at the top edge of the face of the reader. Just to the right of that is a, a sli slightly slanted button, rectangular button, which is my play-pause button. Just below that in, is a print display, and the reason for the print display is this device was made and designed by Intel to be both a device that the blind and low vision user could use and also it can be used by uh, people with other reading disabilities such as dyslexic people and uh, people with other reading disabilities. And so there is a print screen and that screen would be approximately four inches wide and about two and a half to three inches from top to bottom. And that's on the left, just underneath the speakers. To the right of that, you have three buttons uh, from top to bottom, just to the right of the screen. And the top one is the back button. The middle one is the left arrow button. The bottom one is the options button. To the right of that, we have the up arrow, uh, the OK or enter key and then the down arrow, and to the right of the OK key, we have the right arrow. Below the display, there are three buttons. Starting on the bottom left is uh, a button to enlarge the print on the display, a button to 
return to the default size of the display, of the print, or whatever's on the display, which could be a picture, doesn't have to be text. And to the right of that is a button to make the image on the display smaller. Then if I go to the right, I'll find three more buttons, the first of which is my favorites key, which will take me to a list of the files that I have in my unit that I have chosen to be favorite files, that maybe I are, have information on those that I need to access quite often, or, or maybe they're favorite books or music. And then to the right of that is a button that I can push and immediately get to where I can adjust the rate of, of the speech on the unit. And then immediately to the right of that, in the bottom right corner, is a button called the Guide button, which will put me in a menu where I can find the status of the device. I can find out how much charge is left in the battery. I can find out if it's hooked up to the AC and is charging. I can find out how much room I have left in storage on the unit. And that's the face of the unit. Now, if I start on the top left edge of the unit and look at the top edge of the unit, at the top left corner, I have a place where I can put either a short little hand strap or I can put a lanyard for carrying the unit. Just to the right of that are a couple of air vent holes. To the right of that, I have my lock. If the lock is pushed to the left, the unit is unlocked, keyboard is unlocked. If I push it to the right, the keyboard is locked. To the right of that is a round button, and which is basically flat, uh, basically pretty flush with the case of the unit, and that's my power switch. I simply push that in and hold it for a bit to turn the unit on. To the right of that is a small light that, if you can see, it changes colors depending on whether the unit is on or off and has a different color depending on whether it's running on battery or AC. And then immediately to the right of that is a earphone jack. And finally, the right-hand top corner is a slanted corner with a big button. And this is my camera button, or is it sometimes called the shoot button. And this is the button I use when I want to take a picture of a document with the unit. And we'll talk more about that, of course, as we go along. As I go around then on the right-hand side of the unit, there are two buttons, one above the other. The button on the top has a plus sign on it uh, that is tactile, that I can feel. That's for the volume to be turned up. And just below that is another button with a minus uh, engraved on it, and that is to turn the volume down. Now, I'm going to go down to the bottom, and I'm going to start at the left, bottom left of the unit, and I find a flat uh, plastic surface and that's the flash for my camera. To the right of that is a small vent area and just to the right of that in the middle of the bottom 
is a round hole, and that is the camera lens for the unit. To the right of the camera, I find a mini USB port. Going on to the right, I find a regular USB plug-in port. And finally, on the bottom right, I find a round hole for my AC adapter. Then if I go around to the left side of the unit, I find there's really nothing on the left uh, edge of the unit. On the back, about the only thing you'll find is a couple of uh, vents and you'll find the battery compartment. And that pretty well is the layout of the unit. As I say, the unit weighs about a pound and um, comes with a battery for it that is removable. And so you can change the battery in it. The unit has internal storage. And as I just told you, it has a couple of USB ports. So I can attach like an external... Uh, hard drive or I can connect it to my computer or I could even plug a uh, USB stick or what most people call a thumb drive to it on which I could have uh, information, I could have files. The unit will use and play DAISY files in DAISY 2 and DAISY 3 formats. It'll play a number of audio file formats including WAV and MP3. It will also read text files, it'll read text daisy files, it'll read uh, braille files. Alright, let's get into taking a look at some of the menus and some of the functions of the Intel Reader now. I've turned the unit on, you heard me turn it on there at the very beginning of our introduction. Uh, you heard the little music that you hear when the unit first comes up, and you heard it say home and library, and we are now in the home menu, and that's where we land when the unit comes on. And let's take a look and see what our choices are here in the home menu. And we're going to start at the top. Library. And we have library. And I'm going to just go down through this list, and then we'll come back up and go through each of the sub-menus here. So our first choice in the home menu is library. Recent items. Recent items. That would be a list of the most recent files that we've listened to on the unit, and maybe uh, also documents that we've just scanned. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Shoot mode. Shoot mode is where I go when I want to... Uh, take a picture of a document, have a document scanned with the camera. Settings. And there's our settings. Help. And finally, help. And when I get to the bottom of the menu, I get scared by the ringing of the, the bell that tells me I'm either at the top or the bottom of the menu. In this case, I'm at the bottom of my home menu. Let's go back up and um, we'll go to settings first so we can kind of show you what some of your choices for settings are here. Settings. And I go to settings and I'm going to press that OK button. Settings menu, basics. And I have basic settings. Display. And I have settings for the display. Voice. Uh, settings for the voice. Security. 
and security. Restore defaults. And restore defaults. And uh, ouch, I'm at the bottom of the menu again. Security. All right, let's go back Voice. up here and just Display. look. Basics. At some of our settings. Let's see what the setting choices are under basic. Basics menu, date and time. All right, we have date and time. Sleep setting. And sleep settings. So I can basically uh, set the date and time on the unit. And then I can uh, do sleep settings to say, uh, well, if I uh, set this um, so that if I turn it on and start playing, and if I happen to go to sleep, it's going to automatically turn itself off after so many minutes. Okay? And that's what that is. And, of course, we won't take a look or, or spend time setting the date and time right now. But that's uh, pretty much a standard type of thing that you would do on most units. Now I'm going to hit that back button that I told you was just to the right of the screen. And which, by the way, is also just below the play pause button that was to the right of our, my speaker grill. Settings menu, basics. And that backed me up out of the basics menu. And if I hit it again. Home menu, settings. It brings me back to home. So that's what the back menu uh, key is for. And I'm going to go back in. I'm going to hit my OK and go back into settings. Settings menu, basics. And I'm going to go down. Display. Display. And let's see what we get there. Display menu, text size. I got text size. Display theme. Let's see what the theme is. Display theme menu, blue. Selected. Red. Yellow. Green. All right, so I can set different colors for the background for the display. And that's what I get in my theme. Display menu. Display and I hit my back menu key. And uh, let's go up. Display timeout. All right, and let's go into this menu. Display timeout menu. Five minutes. Selected. All right, and so here I can set for how long the display will stay on if I don't hit a key of any kind. Never. Five minutes, one minute, 30 seconds. All right, so my choices one are minute, five minutes, up to Select. five minutes. And like I say, what that amounts to is if I don't hit a key, then within five minutes, it's going to turn the display off. And that's to save battery life uh, so that we don't have the display on uh, when we're not actually using the unit and run the battery down more. And I'm going to hit my back key again. Display menu. Display timeout. Text size. And there's my text size. Let's see what sizes we can get here. Text size menu. Menu text size. Playback text size. Menu text size. All right, so I can set a menu text size and a playback text size. Let's go in and just see what we got here. Menu text size menu, small, selected, medium, large. All right, so I basically small, selected. Basically, I have three sizes I can set, small, medium, or large. All right, so it won't tell you an exact size. It's just small, medium, or large. All right, so you, um, if you are a low vision person, you just have to take a look at the display and see uh, whether that's going to help you out or not. 
And some of that, of course, is going to depend on the size of the text that is actually on the screen. All right, let's hit our back key. Text size menu, menu text size. And we'll hit the back again. Display menu, text size. And that's our display menu. Let's come back out of that with the back key again. Settings menu, display, voice. And we're going to go down now to our voice menu. Voice menu, voice speed. Voice speed, well, we can imagine what that's going to do for us. It's going to change the speed at which it reads. And so let's go down. Voice gender. And voice gender. Let's see what we get here. Let's hit our OK key. Voice gender menu. Mail. Selected. And it's on mail now. I'm going to hit my down arrow. Nope. I want to go up. Female. All right. And there's the female voice. And I'm going to hit my OK. Female. Selected. And then I'm going to hit my back. Voice menu. Voice gender. And now... I'm back in my voice menu. Voice pitch. And there's pitch. Let's see what we can do there. Voice pitch menu. Normal. Selected. There's a normal pitch. High. Very high. All right. And I can go down. High. Normal. Slow. Very low. All right. Let's try this. Just have some little fun here. Low. Normal. Slow. High. Very high. Okay, and there's those pitches again. High. We'll normal. Go, we'll go back selected. to normal, and we'll set it there. Normal. Selected. And we'll hit our back menu key. Voice menu. To go up Voice menu. pitch. And we'll see if there's any other choices. Read menus. Voice pitch. Read menus. All right. And read menus. Let's see what's in there. Read menus menu. Read menus. Select Do not read menus. All right. Read menus. So I basically have a choice as to whether I have speech for my menus or I don't. So if I were a person who uh, had good vision and didn't need the speech, I could go and come in here and turn off the speech for menus. So uh, obviously we're going to read it, leave it for read menus. Read menus. Selected. And we hit the OK key and we're going to hit the back to go up a menu voice menu read menus and that gives you a pretty good idea of what that's all about and let's go back i am a little partial to the male voice so i'm going to go back up voice pitch voice gender and i'm going to change back voice to the, gender menu female selected to the male voice male and i'm going to hit my select key male selected and hit my back key. Voice menu. Voice gender. And I'm back in the voice menu. And I'm going to hit the back key. Settings menu. Voice. And I'm back to the settings menu. When I'm setting on voice, I'm going to hit the down arrow. Security. Security. Let's see what's in there. Security menu. Turn on pin protection. All right. And so basically I can turn on or off security and that's really all that's in the security menu settings menu security and i hit my back key restore defaults and below that is restore defaults and that's going to be the bottom of our menu again and so there's all the different settings i can set on the unit 
And let's back out of that now to our home menu. Home menu settings. All right. So we've looked at the settings. We've got an idea of what kinds of things we can set on the unit. Let's go on down our home menu now below settings. Help. And I come to help, and I'm going to hit select on the help menu. Help menu, quick start guide. And there is a quick start guide. User manual. A user manual. About. And an about. The about is going to tell me, well, let's see what it tells me. Intel reader, version 1007978, serial number. CDCU 0917000018, product code R1IOAT11STDNA. All right, and that's my about menu. Kind of gives me the serial number and the version of the software and all of that. And that's what I get in the about menu. So let's uh, back out of that menu, back to our home menu again. Help menu. About. Okay, back back to our help menu. And let's go up and we're going to just take a quick look at a little bit of the getting started. User manual. Quick start guide. All right, here's the, the quick start guide. And we're going to just take a let you hear a little bit of the quick start guide. Just to get an idea, start to get a feel for how the reader sounds. Quick Start Guide. Welcome. The Intel Registered Reader combines a high-resolution camera with text-to-speech TTS software to convert printed text to digital text and then read it aloud to you. The reader can convert a variety of materials, including books, magazines, and even daily mail. The reader is small enough to take with you and discreet enough to use anywhere, anytime. This Quick Start Guide introduces you to the reader and helps you quickly learn to capture and play text. For detailed information about these tasks, refer to the Reader User Manual. The User Manual also contains useful information about customizing your reader, transferring text and audio files to and from the reader, organizing your reader files, and using all of the reader's features. Box Contents The reader box includes a reader, battery, carrying case, power cord and power adapter, a USB cable, earphones, a warranty, a practice page, a quick start guide, a user manual, and an audio CD. Getting Started one all right and we uh, hit the okay key there to stop stop that but i wanted to give you a bit of a uh, taste for uh the actual reading text and we'll look at some more things here now let's come out of the getting started and help menu quick we're back guide. in the help menu and i'm going to hit now my back key and back back up to the home menu home menu help and now let's go up settings and there was our settings shoot mode and there's our shoot mode and we'll get there in just a minute recent items recent items we talked about what that is that's uh to get quickly to the last documents that you read the most recent documents that you read or music or whatever library and then there's the library well, let's get into now looking at uh, some more uh, specific features. And one of the first things you'll want to do when you uh, get the Intel Reader is learn how to use it to read print documents. And so we are going to 
give you a little few uh, samples of, of doing that. And we're going to start with uh, the Intel Reader comes with a practice page to practice getting used to using the reader. And this practice page does have uh, Braille on it at the top of the page that says practice page, which is kind of nice. If we can't see what the document is and we want to read it, it would be kind of nice to know that this is the practice document. And I've picked up the reader and got it in my hand again and facing me just as before. And what they tell us to do is uh, they say you want to hold the reader about uh, the nose height if you're sitting at a table. And so that's what I'm doing here. Uh, maybe just a little bit higher. And then we're going to find that button, that big button I told you about, about up in the top right hand corner of the unit. And I'm going to press that button once, and I've got the paper laying on the on the table uh, right in front of me. And uh, I'm going to press the button once. Shoot mode. And it tells me I'm in now in shoot mode. Now the next time I push the button is going to take the picture uh, and start recognizing the document. And just so you get a feel for uh, the amount of time it takes, we're going to let it just go and uh, do its thing, and we'll listen to see what it does. They tell us that it's best uh, to play, push the play button after we've hit uh, the, the button to take the picture. So as soon as I get through hitting the button to shoot the picture, I'll wait a couple of seconds and press the play button so that as soon as the text is available, it'll start reading it to us. All right, here we go. Focusing. All right, and I'm going to press the play button so as soon as the text is available, it'll start reading it to us. Now, at any time, if I want to check to see what's going on, I can press the play button again. Reader to capture the following excerpt from a popular novel. When you hear end of practice page, you'll know that you captured the entire page. For more information about capturing text, please refer to the reader user manual. Please keep this page with your product documentation for future use. Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll. Chapter 1. Down the Rabbit Hole. Alice was beginning to get very tired of sitting by her sister on the back, and of having nothing to do. Once or twice she had peeped into the book her sister was writing, but it had no pictures or conversations in it. And what is the use of a book, thought Alice without pictures or conversation. So she was considering in her own mind, as well as she could, for the hot day made her feel very sleepy and stupid, whether the pleasure of making a daisy chain would be worth the trouble of getting up and picking the daisies, when suddenly a white rabbit with pink eyes rang close by her. There was nothing so very remarkable in that. Nor did Alice think it so very much out of the way to hear the rabbit say to itself, Oh dear! Oh dear! I shall be late. 
When she thought it over afterwards, it occurred to her that she ought to have wondered at this, but at the time it all seemed quite natural. But Wonder Rabbit actually took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket, and looked at it, and then hurried on. Alice started to her feet, for it flashed across her mind that she had never before seen a rabbit with either a waistcoat pocket, or a watch to take out of it. And burning with curiosity, she ran across the field after it, and fortunately was just in time to see it pop down a large rabbit hole under the hedge. End of practice page. End of document. All right. So there's our practice page. And as I say... This is the practice page that is included with the reader package, so you can get used to using the reader to uh, take uh, a picture of text and have it read back to you. Now I'm going to move the practice page, and I've got a, a magazine here. I believe it's a Reader's Digest. Uh, this will be a little bit more challenging, perhaps, but we'll see what we can do with it. And so I have laid it out here in front of me. And again, I'm going to bring the reader over and put it a right about nose level. And we'll try it again. And we'll see how we come out with this one. All right. So I have the reader up by my nose approximately again. And we're going to uh, take a picture of this page in the Reader's Digest that I have here on the desk in front of me. And I'm going to press the button on the top right to get to shoot mode. Shoot mode. And then let's press it again. And remember, I have the reader uh, about nose height. Um... My nose is probably right about in front of the display. Press which shoot would be, to capture an image. Uh, the middle of the unit. And here we go. Focusing. Okay, the picture's taken. I'm going to just lay the unit down here in front of me. And uh, we're going to wait for the unit to... Finish press shoot processing. to capture another image. Press play to hear your text. All right, I'm going to press play so it'll start reading the text when it's re when it's ready. And this just gives you a little bit of an idea of the amount of time it'll take to process the average page. Doesn't mean every page will be this long or that um, I bought the make a JRJSH foundation, but Baxlishly said no. Jag traveled, told her mother. Men else had Nance to go. John and Anna took Holly to various specialists, seeking any avenues to keep her alive. The young girl, meanwhile, M seemed remarkably at peace with her fate. Never did she say why me equals instead, it was Anna who would break down. To comfort her mother, Holly would say, it's okay. What is, is. Ollie took her last breath on November 3, 1996. Only after her girl was gone did Anna learn that she had asked her friends to wear red, her favorite color, to her funeral. Numb with grief, Anna went out and bought a red dress. At the funeral, she was astonished. Everywhere she looked there was a sea of red. Each morning after Ollie's death the words reverberated in Anna's head without mercy. Elt is gone. 
She would get the boys ready for school drew FHFM to their hockey close family. Ollie, Setter, and John both pursued life with unbridled energy. Fop. I'll cry every day for the rest of my life, Anna found herself thinking. Though they continued to manage a Worcester brokerage firm, John was equally shattered by the loss of his daughter. Three weeks after the funeral, on Thanksgiving Day, he excused himself during their holiday dinner. Anna found him in Ollie's room, weeping. She held him close and heard him say, The best day of my life will be when I leave this world and join Ollie. End of document. All right. So, we got a pretty nice uh, recognition there. And... Um it does take a little a little while uh, to uh, recognize the document, but it does a nice job once you get uh, comfortable with where to hold the device. Uh, the first few times I used it, I was not getting very good recognition because I wasn't holding the, uh, the reader pointed directly at the document the way I should. And uh, once I kind of started learning how to uh, point the camera better, I started getting better recognition. Well, now that I've got the document read in, let's see what happens when I press some of my arrows. I'm going to press an up arrow. Top of sentence, she. All right, and how about if I press up arrow again? Previous sentence, and. Now, as you can see, what it's doing is just reading me the first word of each sentence. So I'm going to hit the, my right arrow. Found. In. In. Ollie's. Room. Weeping. She. If I press my left arrow. Weeping. Room. Ollie's. I go back by a word. Now let's see. I'm going to hit my up arrow once. Top of sentence. And. All right. And the first word in the sentence is and. And I'm going to press the OK key. Anna found him in Ollie's room, weeping. She held him close and heard him say, The best day of my life will be when I leave this world and join Ollie. To stop it. Or I could have pressed the play pause key, which would have done the same thing. When I've got a document uh, read in, I can actually use either the OK key or the play pause key to start and stop the reading. See, now I'm going to press the play key. I by the make a J-R-J-S-H foundation. But Baxlish Lee said no. And that Jay actually Travel starts at the top of the document. Men else when I, I to go. press play. John and Anna took all the various specialists. And it stops. All right. So, <clears throat> that's the basics of how I can scan a document. Once I've got it scanned, I'm going to hit my back key again that we've been using in the menus. And I'm going to hit this now and see what I get. Texts, I by the Mecca J-R-J-S-H follow. Okay, and that's what it's chosen as the name of my document. Now I'm going to press the Options key, which is also uh, just to the right of the screen. It's the, the bottom button there next to the, just to the right of the screen. I by the Mecca J-R-J-S-H follow Options menu, head to Category. Okay. And I can tell it what category I want this to be in. Info. I can get info about the document. Delete. I can delete the document. Rename. I can rename the document. And I probably would rename this document because the current name on it is kind of 
kind of crazy. It's, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You probably wouldn't know what on earth the document was without going into it. And they have a, a um, fairly simple way of, of being able to uh, get characters in to, to name a document. Uh, so we won't go into that here, but it is fairly simple and fairly straightforward. And our other choices? Save as audio. Save as audio. So I, if I prefer to save it as audio instead of text, I can have it saved as audio. Pet pages. All right. And that last choice was to add more pages. So if I wanted to add more pages to the document, I could press OK there and then uh, shoot a, another page and it would add it to the same file. And I'm at the bottom of my menu. All right. We are going to leave that at that. Let's come back out of here. Texts. I buy the Mecca JRJSH file. And I'm going to back out a little more. Library menu. Categories. And now I'm in that library menu. And let's take a quick look at the library. And we'll round up our demonstration of the Intel Reader. All right, I'm going to hit my select key on library. Categories. We have categories. And if I come down. Texts. Text. Audio. Audio. And that's our main choices in our library. Let's go up and look at categories and see what we have. Texts. Categories. And we're going to hit select. Categories. Favorites. All right. As the reader comes, there is only one category, and that's favorites. Um, and the favorites category, you will notice that has the names of files that you've chosen as files that maybe you want to read information from uh, on a fairly regular basis. But the nice thing is I can, all right, let's look at our favorites menu, what we've got in our favorites. Let's hit select. Favorites category, books and session 01 introduction. And it says books since 01 introduction. All right. And right now, that's the only file I have in my favorites. All right, I'm going to hit my back key. Categories, favorites. And there's favorites. And I'm going to come back one more Library level. menu, categories. To categories. Texts. And I'm going down, and there's text. Audio. And there's audio. And I'm going to audio because I know uh, that the other BookSense files are in audio on this machine. I'm going to hit select. Audio. Body and soul. And... Oh, it came in on Body and Soul, which is a song. Let's go down our list. Down arrow. Books and Session 01 Introduction. And there's our file again. Uh, the Books Since 01 Introduction. And so, um, obviously, you can have a file appearing in more than one place. It could be in a category and it also could be in your main audio list or your main text list 
and uh, you could have it also uh, in a category list. So it, you could have the name of the file in more than one category list. All right, just to give you an idea, let's hear what that file, a part of that file sounds like. This is actually a, a the introduction to a audio tutorial about the book sense. And let's see what that sounds like. Books and Session 01 Introduction. Four times that much digital material. My name is B.T. Kimbrough, and I will be your tour guide for this audio companion to the BookSense XT. In this session, we will give you an overview of the many BookSense capabilities and a logical introduction to the unit's controls. In later sessions, we will present a step-by-step -step introduction, which will help you get started. All right, and I hit my pause, and I'm going to hit my back key to get out of there. Audio. BookSense Session 01 Introduction. And we're going to hit the back key again. Library menu. Categories. And we're back to the library menu. And let's come down to text. Texts. And I'm going to hit select there. Texts. Desktop. And it says desktop. And I'm going to hit down arrow. I by the Mecca JRJSH file. That's the, that's the file I just, the document I just got through scanning taking the picture of. Let's go down some more. Limited warranty and end. And there's the limited warranty. LWSUV is there one lead Mac. And let's go down some Mac more. OS X Leopard Pocket Guide. And here's Mac OS Pocket Guide. And that is a daisy book. I'm going to hit OK here to open this. Please wait. This may take a few moments, figure. The progress bar along the bottom gives you the status of your backup for time machine. Once the data on your Mac has been backed up to an external or network drive, you can search for files from previous backups by clicking time machine's icon in the dock. When you click this, your desktop disappears and you're taken... Now, you will notice that we didn't start at the beginning of the document because I'm in a Daisy book now, a book from, that I got from Bookshare, and I've been reading in this, in this manual about the Apple Mac, and so I wasn't in at the beginning, and it, but it knew where I left off, and it took me right back where I left off reading about the Time Machine software in the Mac. And we'll let you hear just a little bit more of that and see what you think. Taken into space as Time Machine comes to the front, shown in. Figure. When you clear Time Machine's icon in the dock, your desktop goes away and you're taken back in time, so to speak, so you can recover files. If there is a file you want to restore, simply locate the file in one of your backups by clicking on the arrows to the right. Once you've found the file, select it with the mouse and then click Time Machine's Restore button to the far right along the bottom of the screen and the Voice Speak menu, 120 and words I pressed that selected. button down in the bottom right corner that the next to the farthest button to the right that gets me into the speed and I'm going to press my down arrow. 
130 words per minute. And change that to 130. And just to give you an idea, I'm going to go up. 100, 100 words per minute. There's 100 words per minute. 110 words per minute. Going down now, 110. 120 words per minute. Selected. 130 words per minute. 150 words per minute. And there's 150 words per minute. Let's just see what this is like at 150. All right. Just to give you an idea of um, what you can expect speed-wise with the speech that we're using here in the Intel Reader, I'm going to hit OK. 150 words per minute. Selected. The back key. So I'm back in my document. Mac OS X Leopard Pocket Guide. The file will be restored to the location on your hard drive. Time Machine makes it really simple for you to back up the data on your Mac. You just let Time Machine run in the background or whenever you connect your MacBook or MacBook Pro to an external drive and it does all the work of backing up your data. And while you hope it never happens, if your hard drive does fail and needs to be replaced, you can restore all of your data to the new drive with the help of Time Machine. January 1st, 2003, Screen Sharing. How many times have you been on itchy with someone who's having a problem with his Mac, and you're trying to walk him through a fix? Countless, right? And every time you're trying to diagnose the problem, you're pulling your hair out, because you're thinking, man, if I could just access his system, I'd have this done in seconds. Right. Right. Well, you can send that thank you note to shows at apple.com, because Apple has finally built some of Apple Remote Desktop's features in a leopard, and at no extra cost. When you're in it, you'll notice a series of buttons along the bottom of your body list window, as shown in the button at the... F- All right. So, even at 150 words per minute, it's not bad. You can probably get up to around 200 words per minute, and it's still pretty understandable. Uh, as with uh, a lot of the very natural sounding speech uh, once you get beyond 200 it gets uh, a bit choppy but it's really very nice sounding speech as you can tell well that's going to pretty much end up our review it's not a review of every feature of the unit uh, the other one thing I wanted to tell you about is there is an optional carrying case and stand that you can get for the Intel reader uh, the uh, extra stand and carrying case uh, is a completely separate item, uh, not a part of the default purchase of the Intel Reader. What this station uh, lets you do is you can unfold it and pull up the stand and put the reader in that and use use it that way so you don't have to hold the reader in your hand it's actually held uh, in a uh, like a cradle and you can put the book uh, put your book or magazine down in this nice tray uh, there is then a uh, piece of plastic that will come down over the book or magazine to hold uh, the pages in place it's clear plastic, so it's not going to interfere with anything. And you can take uh, your your pictures of your documents that way. And if you're going to be scanning a lot of pages, like maybe scanning a big, long assignment in a book, this would probably be the preferred way to do it instead of doing it by hand. And the nice thing is that it does have cables to hook to your unit. Uh, USB cable so that uh, you can just push the button that's on the scanning station and 
it will go ahead and uh, take your picture for you and and save it in the unit and it makes it real nice for scanning uh, a larger amount of things than just one or two or a few pages so that is an option that you can add the reader by itself the price is fourteen hundred and ninety five dollars for the reader uh, which come which gives you the reader and a nice little carrying case uh, very well fairly well protected carrying case and uh, your manuals and, and uh, USB cable and earphone and a power supply and that's uh, as I say fourteen ninety five, and you can call your local humanware dealer or the main humanware number and ask them about it and get all the information about it and maybe get a demo and then if you are also interested in being able to to scan books or larger amounts of things at one time you may want to also take a look at the portable workstation uh, for use when you have a larger amount of text to be scanned. Turn it off. This is a production of Independent Living Aid. I-L-L-A-A. Hi everybody, this is Steve from Independent Living Aids, and this is yet again another ILA podcast. We're here to talk to you about item 247505, the brand new travel motion clock from independent living aids this clock is about the size of the palm of my hand it has all in all between switches and buttons it has five buttons and three switches and we will go over all of them on the unit if you're holding it in your hand or if you were to lay it on top of a tabletop on the front facing part of the unit you have the speaker and you'll have a snooze button below that in the IVR button, which is the button that would allow you to say the command. It will ask you for a command, and then you have to give the command. So let's uh, check this out. Command, please. Time. The time is 10.04 a.m. So much like the other Moshi clocks, you have the opportunity of not only manually setting the time, but also to set the time verbally. Let's check that out. Command, please. Set time. Please say the current time. 10.05 a.m. The time is now set to 10.05 a.m. So that's a very, very nice feature. In order to choose an alarm sound, the travel motion clock allows you to choose one of three different sounds. Let's check this out. Command, please. Alarm sounds. To choose an alarm sound, say alarm one, alarm two, or alarm three. So that's the way you can go ahead and choose an alarm sound. Those are three distinctive sounds. Uh, Just go over the rest of the unit on the left-hand side, on the left spine of the Moshi clock. And again, this is if it's sitting in your hand flat or sitting on the tabletop. You have a switch that in the bottom position, it is unlocked. If it's in the up position, it's locked. It is the key lock, so when you're traveling... 
no buttons get pressed accidentally, causing your clock to go off. So if it's going through screening or luggage screening for the airport, you won't have uh, anyone tapping you on your shoulder saying, ma'am or sir, we found a uh, talking item in your suitcase. So that's that's a neat feature that I don't think you will find on other travel clocks. On the right-hand side spine, you have two switches. The very top switch is the volume control. In this edition, you have a volume control where previously, again, on other talking clocks, other travel clocks, you don't have that feature normally. In this, on the up position is the loudest. And in this lower position or the down position, it's softer. Check this out. We'll do a little test for you. Now we're going to start in the low position. Command, please. Time. The time is 10.06 a.m. Now we're going to flip it to the up position. Command, please. Time. The time is 10.06 a.m. Below that, you have a button, really not so much a switch as I indicated before. And you press this button to turn the alarm on and off. The alarm is off. So now the alarm is off. If we hit it again... The alarm is on. So now your alarm is on. So now I want to shut this alarm off. The alarm is off. Because I don't want the alarm to be on. When the alarm does go off and we'll go into its capabilities, it will start to ascend in loudness. So it will start soft and start getting louder because it wants to wake you up, of course. On the back side or the underside of the unit where the four rubber feet are, which help you have it stand nice and uh, evenly and straight on your nightstand or in your hand if you wish. You have the battery compartment. The Travel Moji clock runs on three AAA batteries, which are not included. Then if you're turning the unit around looking at the bottom, from left to right, you have the set button, then you have the down arrow button, and then the up arrow button. When you're setting this manually, if you hit the set button once, you hear the time. The time is 10.08 a.m. And now it's in the hours mode, so you use the down hour to get to the lower hour. 9.08 a.m. Or the up hour to get back to... 10.08 a.m. And if you hit the set button again, now you're in minutes. 10.07 a.m. 10.08 a.m. So that's how you can set the clock manually. If you hit the set button again... The alarm is set to 5.15 a.m. And you realize, hey, I don't want to wake up that early. So now I'm in the hours mode. 6.15 a.m. 7.15 a.m. And then I hit it, the set button one more time for minutes. The alarm is on. Now I'm in the temperature mode. I can hit 26 degrees Celsius, 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And now you have the opportunity to adjust the temperature to whether it be Fahrenheit or Celsius. And that's by hitting either the down button or the up up arrow button. And that's interchangeable. So if your temperature is on Fahrenheit, the next time you hit either the down or the up arrow button, it will be on Celsius. And the next time after that, if you hit either button, then it'll go back to Fahrenheit. Those are all the buttons on the unit. Um, This unit, much like the other Moshi clocks, has the extensive help feature. So let's check that out. Command, please. Help. After pressing the IVR button, you can say time, set time, alarm, set alarm, alarm sound, temperature, help, or turn off the alarm. In between the alarm, you can say snooze or turn off the alarm. 
you can turn off the alarm manually by pressing the alarm on-off button on the right side. So that's the unit. It's a uh, really a nice little unit. The price on this is twenty four ninety five, and Independent Living Aids has it in stock. Again, it runs on three AAA batteries that are not included. You can set the clock manually or with your voice. It is a wonderful travel tool. I'm sure you'll all find it to be as helpful as I have. It does come in four different colors, blue, pink, white, and black. So you can choose what color you would like when you're placing your order. And you can place your orders for the Travel Moshi Clock, item 247505. Or for any of our other products, you can contact our customer service at 1-800-537-2118. And again, you would choose option one from the automated menu. For more information or to get technical specifications regarding this product or any of our other products, feel free to send our technical support team an email by sending email to techsupport at independentliving.com. This has been another ILA podcast about the new Travel Moji Clock. We hope you have enjoyed this, and we'll see you next time on the ILA podcast. This is a production of Independent Living Aids. I-L-L-A-A. That concludes this edition of Main Menu. We trust you've enjoyed the program. On behalf of Jeff Bishop and the entire Main Menu team, I'm Jamie Pauls wishing you and yours a great week.